Welcome to Dad Up, a podcast show for dads about dads being dads. I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. I appreciate the feedback I've received about the show. It's been helpful and encouraging, so I thank you. If you're new to the show, please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. And also, please make sure to rate the show and share it with others. It goes a long way for the show continuing to grow. My guest today on Dad Up is Casey Caston. Casey and his wife, Megan, are the founders of Marriage 365, a nonprofit company dedicated to helping couples connect on a deeper level by educating them on how to do marriage well by teaching practical tools through a variety of online resources. They reach over 2 million couples around the world each month with their resources. You can find them on Instagram at Marriage365. I appreciate Casey talking with me on Dad Up. In our conversation, he speaks to how important the father and mother's role is in raising a child and how critical it is for a home to have both parents involved in a child's life. Please welcome Casey Kasson to Dad Up. Casey, I really appreciate you taking the time. I really am uh, interested to hear what you have to say. I'm, I'm really interested in you and, uh, and what your wife are doing with uh, Marriage 365. I've been following it for uh, about a year and a half, and I say that because my wife and I have are on an interesting um, journey in our marriage where we have a great relationship, but we're always trying to find ways to help um, help it grow or help keep it keep it fueled, I guess you could say. Yeah. And um, so I I did some research and I, I found Marriage 365 about a year and a half ago, and I've been following it ever since. And just kind of um, see who you guys are and, and seeing that you have a family, I thought, you know, I think Casey would be a great guy to have on the show. <laughs> so I'd like to hear about you. I'd like to hear a little bit about what your story, a little bit about your family, and um, um, tell me about Marriage 365 and um, just a little bit about your story. Uh, yeah. Um, so I... <laughs> Marriage 365 is kind of born out of the ashes from Megan and I's disaster in our marriage. I mean, when we, we dated, it was so fun. It was so easy. Uh, dating's kind of shown up for all the fun stuff. And then once we said, I do, everything changed. And I think it was like, now you had to really show up for life. You had mm-hmm. to really like be there. Um, you had a budget. You had to figure out calendars and plans and um it was that was really really hard especially since we had had no tools and so that just immediately started to unravel whatever connection we had because we had no communication and connection skills so we were sprinting straight for a divorce by year three and then i would say there was a moment where we were both ready to call it quit um, Megan actually kind of, you could think she almost exited the marriage and she got herself help. And then I started to see this change in her because she started going to counseling. She started getting, um, reading books, um, and really like getting to understand how her childhood impacted the way we did marriage together. Mm-hmm. And then I lost my sparring partner, honestly. And then, I slowly came around, unfortunately. Unfortunately, because I, I wish I was I had the courage to face myself sooner than later. But right. I saw I saw the change in her and then that that kind of started to turn the tide for our marriage. And I would say after um I mean, you know, it was a sprint to the bottom. It took 
much longer to get ourselves back to kind of a stable setting. And um, I, Megan got a dream one night. She woke up in the middle of the night. An actual dream. An actual dream, yeah. And, and God speaks to her in dreams. And they're pretty realistic. So she woke up in the middle of the night and she woke me up and she's like, I just had a crazy dream where God just said that we were going to be the voice for marriage for our generation. Hmm. And I could see that she was visibly shaken up. Um, and I think that that kind of caught my eye a little bit. But shortly after I had one of those like moments, like literally like straight out of the Bible, Sarah laughing at the angel. I looked at her and I just started giggling like, uh-huh, sure. <laughs> right. I, because I knew this, I knew our own story. We were such a... Uh, well, you guys were lost. You guys were, we were... Yeah. I mean, it was so bad. It was so, so bad. What we said to each other, how we pushed each other's buttons. Um, you know, if anything could go wrong in our marriage, it did go wrong. So um, once we started posting up on social media, um, you know, as things go viral, started taking off and people, we were posting other people's content and then we started sharing our own story and then people wanted more of that. So, Now, I've noticed that you guys have been, I and mean, you guys have been talked about by quite a lot of people and especially um, people like um, Gottman. Yeah. Now, um, is that something that, uh, I mean, obviously you didn't plan on that, but um, you guys, you guys have started kind of a, a blog as well, right? Uh, yeah, this is kind of a complicated part of, of Marriage 365 because we're, we've got we've got a lot of things going on. Um, because we have a, a premarital course, we have blogs, we have social media, we have courses, we have our membership site, we do retreats. Um, We've got coaching online. I do intensives for couples in crisis. So um, this year we're super focused on trying to stabilize the business in a lot of ways and making mm-hmm. sure that you know it's like almost like you, you can be you can do a lot of things great or good, but you can only do a couple things great. So we're trying to really hone in on like what are the things that are really impactful for us and are scalable. Right. Right. Now, when it comes to you guys, go ahead. I'm, I'm sure just like you, you know, like when you're, I don't know, I don't know where data goes for you, but it's fun. It's actually been really fun to start talking about the business side of things, you know? Right. Right. Well, you know, for me, it's been, it's been fun. Um, and I'm not really looking at it, at it from a business side, um, you know, long-term, I could tell you what my goals are long-term. That, yeah. That, that may be down the road quite a bit, but, um, right now it's just something that i think is important to talk about and i am talking with other people about it yeah having guests on so it's kind of a neat experience but um when it comes to your guys's marriage though you guys have you guys have kids marriage is important to um it's important to have a balanced and connected marriage especially when you have kids because kids see the influence that you guys have on each other so when it comes to the kid part of it, like how do you guys balance the 
relationship with your kids and also trying to get the business side of this going? Uh, that's a that's an interesting question because I think I think what Megan and I do is so vastly unique than what most people are doing. So we've had many conversations about having a healthy balance between our business and who we are as Casey and Megan as best friends and lovers and as parents because you know it's it's hard to keep date nights on track. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Because our marriage is our business and business is marriage. And so, you know, it's hard to not feel like we're going through a fight or, we're, you know, arguing about something and going, Oh, I, I wonder how this is going to be, you know, <laughs> right. How it's going to get leaked out into our, our social media or something like that. You know, they right stories we go right. Or, or is this, or is this just another routine for the business? Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, work-life balance is something that I just, I honestly believe it's not attainable for us because of our, the uniqueness of doing marriage business and being married and working together as a couple. I mean, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that work on stuff like, uh, you know, I don't know, making umbrellas or, you know, opening up a bakery shop and they work together and everyone's got their lanes. but when I, when, he, when I say we work together, like we're building content together. Half the day we're staring at each other, um, building content or working on the business. So it's a, it can be, it's been a big challenge and an opportunity for us to be very vigilant on making sure that when we are off, we are off. Right. Funny because we wrote our question book and, I mean, I don't think there's a date night where we don't bring our own question book. <laughs> you know, I I know that sounds weird. Well, maybe not, but no, yeah, I probably I'm I'm the biggest fan of our own work because <laughs> honestly, like at the end of the day, when we you know we're tapped out, we're creatives, right? Right. So we we've been spending all day solving people's problems or creating innovative solutions on how to solve um, a systemic issue within marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Or how to build a, a a tool or a worksheet for a couple to use. So at the end of the day, we're kind of tapped out. So we'll pull out our book and start asking questions at each other. It's actually been really helpful. That's cool. That's cool. Now, um, getting off, uh, kind of off off topic a little bit, uh, kind of off the marriage thing, but on, on the more, more of the, um, the dad world side of it, what, what do you enjoy most about being a dad? Um, yeah, for, for me, you know, I, I love showing up for the fun stuff. Um, I, I mean like wrestling and tickling, building Lego sets, um, I take, take my kids surfing, uh, on the weekends. Um, I'll be honest with you, it's, it's a struggle to show up for the routine parts, you know, right. but I, I love being a dad and I love seeing the way my kids look at me when we're in those moments and there's connection happening and, um, you know, Megan and I ha- definitely have our roles. Like, mm-hmm. I'm the one that brings up the fun in the family and the party in the family. So, I love being able to play that role 
but actually having the the backing of of my of Megan, who's so organized and keeps right. things keeps the boundary sets in place. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, that that's 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 important. That's uh, important part of balancing parenting for sure. Yeah, for sure. The the fun stuff is always the fun stuff, but then that the other stuff you got to deal with. Um, no, we don't always want to be involved in that. Um, but sometimes it's a, it's a necessity, you know. Sometimes it's important. Well, that's the, I mean, being consistent for me is is a struggle, anyways. I, I have ADHD, and so life is um, undisciplined. I should say, life can be, you know, one thrill-seeking moment to another thrill-seeking moment. <laughs> but the real connection does happen in the midst of the routine and the mundane of life. And I think that that's, that's hard for me to accept. Right. Well, um, I guess that'd be kind of along the line that, that would fall into a kind of a challenging part as a dad too. It's just, it's just being able to be there for those, for those times that they, um, that are important, that are important, but hard to be, um, in other words, what what kind of challenges would you face as a dad? And, and you're saying that some of the challenges is not being you're not a, you want to be present for the fun stuff, but the the other stuff is more Megan's role. Yeah, and and I think like if courage is the choice to do what's right over what's easy, uh, my courageous moments happen in in the moments where rather than escape those experiences is actually to embrace them and go, okay, yeah. Um, watching my son brush his teeth and do the water pick and to, you know, fold his clothes. Like those are the moments, right? I, I want to skip over them so, so bad. I want to move past them, but showing up for that mundane, I think is, has been something for me to embrace. Yeah. Um, that's, those little those little moments are important um, for sure, but it's uh, it's it can be hard for <laughs> sure. Yeah, and especially you know you guys are busy, so you want to you want to get you want to keep moving, you want to keep moving forward. So, um, but what um, what what ways did your life change when you became a dad? Oh, <laughs> I didn't realize how selfish I was until I had kids. <laughs> Everybody like, says that. <laughs> like I didn't, you know, your kids. Um, your kids are an incredible reflection of yourself and so it, it often requires you the things that that irk you the most in with your kids typically are little pieces of you right yeah, Megan probably gives you those looks like you wonder where they learned that from <laughs> right yeah and Megan and I are not morning people either so I think that's always been a <laughs> my life has changed. I've been forced to become a morning person. Right. Yeah. The uh, the early mornings are not fun. That's for sure. But um, yeah, that a lot, it's funny. My dad that I have on, uh, that's the one thing they say is that, um, that they were they didn't realize how selfish they were before they started having kids. And yeah. No more. It's no more just about them. Um. So how do you uh, when it comes to now you said that she, Megan. I'm guessing kind of handles the dis- discipline side of uh, of parenting, or is that you kind of get involved in that? 
no, I, I definitely get involved in that. I mean, I'm, I'm re- I know I need to be. Um, again, it's those moments of courage of coming up with that. Um, because of my ADHD, you know, it's, it, it is tough to stay consistent with the discipline and to keep them to those commitments that, that they have. But one of the best things that Megan and I did when it comes to discipline was we actually came up with a list of punishments. Uh, so, for example, going to bed 15 minutes early, uh, making each other's lunches, uh, okay. doing each other's chores. Uh, you know, doing each other's chores. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so we, let, we, we took some time and we actually listed out all those punishments that were <laughs> available. Okay. And we actually printed them out and I posted them in my closet. and. Rather than trying to come up with a punishment in the moment when I was flooded, I realized I wanted to spend that time when I'm not flooded to think about what would be an appropriate punishment. And so now when stuff comes up, I'm able to kind of leave, cool off, look at my list, and then come back and go, you know, with a more approachable tone, of course, and just be able to say, you know, I gave you several warnings super disappointed in the choices that you made um, because of your actions, you know, you're going to be going to bed 15 minutes or tonight. So by just even leaving and coming back, I've been able to look at the list of what is appropriate, cool off, and then come back to the moment and handle discipline in, in a way that's actually super positive. Right. Well, that's that. cool. <laughs> yeah, no, right. No, I get it. Uh, no, that's cool though. I actually, I actually like that. Uh, I actually like that. Um, having, having the list already kind of pre-made, you're not kind of trying to think of something in the moment. Well, think about in the moment you're flooded, right? You're heated in the moment. You're, you're, you're upset. Yeah. And, and you may, maybe the punishment you dish out in the moment is maybe too hard. Sure. And, um, yeah, that's that's cool. That's that's neat. I like that. Um, gosh, that's now. How old are your kids? So I have an eight-year-old son, and I have an eleven-year-old daughter. Okay. And you just you know keep the prayers coming. Preteen, she's a girl. Oh my goodness. Um, her body's changing. Her independence is growing. Her Testing is going as well. It's it's mm-hmm. the whole package. It's right. Yeah, teenage teenage can be tough. Um, but the reason that I ask specifically for their ages is is, is when it comes to the discipline side, there's there's going to be a little little harder discipline for the older one than maybe the younger one. Yeah. So, you know that's. Uh, yeah, teenage is going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, my my son, my older son now is twenty one. My younger oh. son's eight, eighteen, so I'm 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 beyond those years. But uh, um, they still test you even at twenty one. What was your best? What was your best discipline trick for for your boys? Well, you know, my boys. Um, when they became, I think they were about 12 when they started the cell phones. I think we got them cell phones at 12, something like that. 
Um, their cell phones being taken away was huge. Oh. <laughs> right? Yeah, because they lived off those things. And uh, if I took away cell phones or their, you know, at the time, the Xboxes or whatever, that was uh, that was a big deal. Yeah. So, but I, um, you know, grounding didn't really help because uh, they they could they could sit on their phones or their their Xboxes at home just fine. Yeah, um, but it, right. was, it was it was the the electronics that really that really did it in. So well, we live in a um, like a HOA community, um, and in a kind of suburban context. And I'm I struggle to actually find ways to get the kids to work without them mm-hmm. like you know scrubbing the asphalt or something like that. <laughs> um, but I, I I do like getting my kids to work. I you know. Putting them to work. Thank you. Yeah. I want yard to work. shine. <laughs> the yard work, the, the garage always needs cleaning. Uh, yeah. Um, that's something that, that I think a lot of parents struggle with as well. But do you, Now, do your kids have social media? You allow no. No, we're, we're not. My daughter has a flip phone. And of course, she's yeah. already com- she's complaining. You know, flip phone, right? When you want to text somebody, you you realize like how much work you have yeah. to do, right? To right. to get yeah. that one letter, you got to push three times sometimes. Oh my god, it's it's so hard. So, um, you know, I don't know that a lot of the kids in our neighborhood they have smartphones. Uh, every study we've seen about social media though is super bad for kids. There's no escaping. Um, if there's any negativity on the campus, it typically carries over into the home. So it's like this dark cloud that just hangs over them. It's the comparison game. And that's that's the thief of all joy. There's just so many things that social media brings um, mm-hmm. that are just not... Our kids are just not ready to handle all of that. And mm-hmm. the problem is that one kid at school gets the smartphone and has a social media account. And then that's brought home and it's like leveraged against parents. Like, gosh, but you know what? Trevor's got his smartphone. Why can't I, you know what? I'll be really good. All the promises come out too. (laughs) I love it. Right. I'll pay for it. I'll I'll do whatever it takes. Like you're a spender. You're not a saver. You're that's not going to happen. Come on. So (laughs) one of the things that, you know, my mantra for, for raising our kids that I've, the kids know they can finish the sentence. They know it by heart. And that is, I am not raising, I am raising responsible adults, not happy children. Oh, wow. um, and I tell that to them all the time. I'm like, you know, he's, why, why can't I have a smartphone? You listen, right now, I'm raising responsible adults, not happy children. My, your happiness is not my job. I want right. to see responsibility. I want to see accountability. I want to see true character. I want to see true values in them and not necessarily their happiness. Right. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's a great point. And that's, um, you're right. Social media is, it, it, I mean, it's, Probably the worst thing that's happened to our to our youth, to be honest. 
And I say that while, you know, I think the entire, you know, the, our audience with Marriage 365 is built up with social media. I think the only thing that, that I can decry the, the negativity of social media, at the same time, I think what, what we're trying to do with Marriage 365 is turn around and, and make it a place for good. Right. By posting positive content. Um, but kind of funny to, yeah, no, it's, it, I know, I know what you mean. And it's, if I can give just, um, just some interest, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this or not, but we use it. We use an app, um, that can be used even if the kids aren't driving, but, um, so even if your kids, if, and when they do, um, get a, get a smartphone, there's an app called, um, uh, Life 360. Life 360. And life, as in as in your living your life. Life hmm. 360. And it's an interesting app because it, it will... I use it for my kids now. And they're, like I said, they're both adults. But um, they use it. They have it. And it, uh, it will tell me when they're on their phone while they're driving. It'll tell me how fast they're going. It'll tell me if they accelerate quickly too quickly or break too hard it'll tell me if they've been in an accident whoa um, yeah it, it gives me all those all those different features and um, you can use it for them even if they're not driving um, they can be out and about you know with friends or whatever and you can see exactly where they are where they've been how they got there the, the directions that they took um, it's, it's it's a pretty neat app it's called life 360 but we use it, and um, so if and when they do, just just for your guys' information, if and when they do, you do get them. Uh, oh, I gotta check that out. Yeah, yeah, check it out. Life three sixty, you'll like it. Oh man, for sure. Um, so uh, you guys have been building this this um this career for a few years now. The direction that you're taking, um, I think, is remarkable, um, and it's so important. Now, with your kids, if they were to follow in your footsteps and kind of go down that kind of that same path, is that something you would support, or do you want them to kind of do something different? <laughs> well, I got to be honest. I, you know, <laughs> Megan, I've talked about like I don't know if what we do is making it harder for our kids or, or easier for our kids. I mean, we're kind of setting. I don't know if we're setting the bar too high because we talk about relationships, so they're super self aware. My daughter's totally in tune with relationship dynamics. Um, <laughs> so again, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling for her future spouse <laughs> because she's probably right. gonna he doesn't know what's coming his way. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, hey, I love what I do. Megan and I are following our passion, the dream that that we were given of. Making the world a better place. Uh, you know, there's there's a, a a Jewish phrase called, and I forgive me if I mispronounce it, but it's uh, Tika Olam, and it is uh, pretty much the the mission statement for the nation of Israel, which was to make the world a better place. In that sense of just restoring creation, um, to to build a better world. I think is what Megan and I are after. You know, 
it's funny when people said, oh, you know, you get their influencers on, on social media. And then I look at what other influencers doing, which is typically selfies of them in different locations. And I'm like, we're not influencers. Like, there's actual life and family legacies on the line. You know, when someone gets a copy of our book, it's not just revenue that's banked for that year. It's an op, it's an like this book's power to connect and restore a relationship. Right. So it's not just a product. It's not just even our one of our webcasts. You know, if someone learns how to give a proper apology and they go and turn around to their spouse and they deliver a proper apology that restores their relationship, like that's amazing. That's life changing. That can turn around a marriage. And so, you know, for, for with my kids, you know, maybe what we do, a lot of that stuff has adult content. It's <laughs> talk about sex a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I do hope that one day they are able to turn on, there's like a whole nother world that they enter into and see like, wow, my mom and dad, when, you know, they were working, they were restoring the world that we live in mm-hmm. and they were following their passion. And, you know, if that happens and they're, they're able to do that at any level, whether that's just them working a mid-level manager job or, you know, a car mechanic, mm-hmm. the thing for me that, that, I hope to see that they follow in our foot, uh, footsteps is this, this Tika Olem concept of restoring creation, of, of bringing, bringing goodness into the world. And that can happen by changing oil and being a, having a smiling face. You know, it right. has to be on such a grand scale. Not everybody right. gets the opportunity like Megan and I do to, to speak to as many people. And I, I totally understand and respect that. What I want to see is that my kids are forced for good in the context, whatever that is, that they get to be placed in, especially in the classroom for these years. Right. Right. And, you know, um, going back to what you said about you, you, your, your kids, especially your daughter right now, she's 11. And uh, when she is married, at a point in her life when she's married, I'm sure to you guys, that's probably around age 35. Uh, but when she is married, actually, you know, no, Brian. Can I just say? Can I just say? I yeah. love, I'd love to see her married early. Okay. People that are getting married older in life uh, are having much more struggle and harder time. Okay. With, with marriage. All right. Um, so, what's the age then? Uh, I want to see her married by twenty-five. Twenty-five. All right. So through college. Get her, uh, get herself established with some sort of career. Or... You know, I think because if if marriage is about becoming a team and doing life together, then you know, I hear so many people say like, "Well, I, I want to get through college and get myself established." And marriage isn't about coming in established. If anything, mm-hmm. marriage is the collision of hopes and dreams and instability and bringing stability and unified vision and unified dreams. But that, that happens through just doing life together, of, you know, navigating the hours of target and doing budget and 
figuring out which job opportunity is the best opportunity. But doing that together sets a way different pattern than coming into marriage already established and kind of this is the way it is. Right. And that's something that you guys are, that are, you guys are setting the example right now for your kids. Um, just through this, just through this, um, organization. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. so important. That's so important. Yeah. Well, again, I, if we're going to redefine marriage, if we're going to be the voice for marriage in this generation. Let me back up. We need to redefine marriage because just being together for 50 years and at the end of your life saying, well, we were married and we put up with each other. I don't think that's marriage. Right. Marriage is about friendship and fun and connection and mind blowing text that keeps you connected and sticking through the routine, but doing it yeah. together as a team, not just tolerating but thriving together. And that, to me, we don't celebrate those those qualities to make that happen. Our rom-coms are all about, as you know, Brian, that the man is typically the doofus. Right. Uh, we we entertain ourselves with, uh, on the, the tabloid movies, we sing about in songs about affairs and um, the hookup culture. Right. We don't take responsibility. We don't have political figures or even, you know, business leadership that takes accountability and responsibility. So no wonder our relationships are just a reflection of what our culture is. If yeah. we're not intentional, if we're not intentional to understand like, hey, this is what it takes to have a healthy relationship. And I just don't see too many outlets where people are beginning to like are being educated on what that looks like right no i agree it's something that uh, it's it's unfortunate that the way that the culture culture looks at things now and it's so important people like you and megan are doing such great things with with trying to change the way people's um, thoughts are on marriage and just our their roles in general as, as a married couple and as parents yeah exactly so what what do you wish you knew now uh, uh knew before you had kids that you know now? <laughs> huh. I think you know I cared way too much about those years. Um the clothes, the toys, the pictures. Um but I'm really understanding that entering into these seniors it's so important to be present. Like to be present even during those moments where your kid's just staring at you and they don't talk, they have no words, and just being there. I wanted to rush past those those years. They were tough. They were boring. They were um they were the mundane. But you know, just being present with them, I think were those moments that are just so so vitally important. Oh, you're absolutely right. It's uh, you had mentioned earlier that I actually um, really thought was cool uh, about surfing on the weekends with your kids, um, and that's something that you know you can't take your social media out on the or your cell phones out on the water. And, and, <laughs> no, you know what I mean. So 
Um, surfing is a really good example of being present with your kids. I mean, you have to not only you're, are you there connecting with them, uh, but you don't have your phone with you, obviously. And you have to watch them because it's dangerous. So you're certainly present with them when you're surfing. Yeah. So that's... Yeah, I took my, my daughter to El Salvador this past summer. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, opportunity not only for us to surf, but uh, we did some surfing down there. There was a, a, a local surf camp and some other opportunities for us to help out the, the community itself. And so it was kind of a... a of a cross-cultural experience, but also an opportunity to do some fun stuff and to give of ourselves. And that was just a wonderful trip for us to just be together, my daughter and I, um, to, ex- you know, she's never been out of the country. So it was like an experience for her as well. Um, and just came back with so many great memories. And there was so much more of us talking even after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just yeah, I mean, if if I could sit back, if I could go back, you know, the eleven years, I would say, hey, Casey, I know you want to rush through those early years, but enjoy it. Mainly because she's not talking back to you. Right. <laughs> right. No, that that's neat. That what a, what a neat opportunity is. That something that you guys are going to try to do annually as far as uh, going somewhere or um so it was one of my things that i i heard this from another dad and i i i kind of adopted on my own so it's not original but we're just in this transition from grade school to junior high you know i i'm slowly becoming not the main influencer for my daughter's life and she spends more hours outside the house than inside the house right so it's just it's those moments where um I, I think just getting away with the kids I don't want to say it isolates them, but if if you can find a thing where like camping where we're gonna hey guys, we're gonna leave the tech at home and it's just gonna be us, you begin to reengage that level of influence over your kids in a way that you can't do at home, and again, like I said, like surfing is the micro moment where we're out in the water, we're playing, we're having fun, but we're also sitting there talking on the boards, you know, waiting for the next well to come. So there's there's moments that I'm trying to be very disciplined and deliberate about what do I do with my kids? Not just, hey, let's go watch the Star Wars movie, you know, and, and we're just so that's great. But am I getting a chance to connect with them on the level that I want? Right. Right. Yeah, that's um yeah, I get I hear what you're saying for sure. Now, um when it comes to uh when it comes to parenting and, and you know, you your kids are eight and eleven, so you're a little bit down the line, but if if you had advice that you could give to new dads or soon to be new dads, what would that advice be? <laughs> oh, I got one. Get your okay. wife a house cleaner. Okay? It was the best gift I ever gave to Megan. And ten years later, we still have her. Um, oh my gosh! Like Casey, I have to tell you, I have to tell you. Listen, I, it's so funny that you say that because uh, we had not had a house cleaner, um, a steady house cleaner, um, forever. And about 
about six months ago, my wife's a teacher. She works full time, and as a teacher, she puts in a lot of hours. And with my schedule, you know, during my during my normal day job, and then coaching at night, it's just, it's, it, we're just tired. So especially during the weekends, you know, you got to do house cleaning. It's it's frustrating. So we decided to go. I decided to use her for I think it was Mother's Day as a gift, and uh, she has not gone in. She still comes every single month. Yeah. Uh, and it's well, one of the things my wife is, is thrilled about, you know, that, that she has somebody that actually comes once a month and, and does the does the heavy cleaning. Yeah. I, you know, you, you got to budget for it. I think it's right. it's worth the sacrifice of saying, okay, what can I say no to? We say yes to this. Because, I mean, Megan Megan's a, an arranger. She likes the house clean. Um, and this just relieved a lot of pressure off of her, you know. Um, or during those early years, I was working full-time. He was staying at home. And rather than have her kind of frantically trying to watch Kylie and clean up behind her, you know, around the house, it was like this moment where, you know, when the house cleaner came, I'd come home and she was just like in the best mood. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she, she really appreciated that. I, I think the other thing I, I would do that, that was really really helpful, uh, especially to new dads, is it's like to come home and to take over watching the kids and just give her the night off. Um, I would go even so far to say, like, go get a gift card to, like, like a nail salon. But she has, that's where she has to go. Otherwise, you know, if you leave her, she's like, well, what do I do now? You know, here, do your nails. Go get your nails. Go get the massage. Get your mani-pedi. Um, have the night off. I know a lot of young moms are oftentimes, um, especially if you're breastfeeding, things like that can be really difficult. But to get her out and out of the house without the kid, just to give her the break. I mean, if you think think about when I, I was working eight hours a day out of the house, even, you know, probably nine with, you know, travel and everything like that. I, I worked in a very controlled environment and he like was in chaos all day long. So to come home and to, to give her that break, you know, it's more than worth it. Yeah. I, it's, actually, it's actually a huge indicator for marital satisfaction to see fathers take an active role mm-hmm. in child rearing. Um, and it, it, it would be, I would say almost a warning sign if, if dad's not, able to get involved if dad's not getting involved that's a warning sign like something right. needs to be checked on like hey why aren't you in your kid's life and if right. he's not allowing you we need to have a conversation about that like dad he got the kid with no no warning no no instruction book and she had to fail a couple times of course she did that behind closed doors while he's away Dad right. needs to fail too. Dad needs to get out there and make a couple mistakes. So right. uh, it's one thing I really encourage couples to to make sure. That's great. Um, that's uh, yeah, sending them off to to enjoy their 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 quiet time. I guess you could call it their me time without without the worry of the kids and and dad need to uh, to step up and take the leadership role with the kids and give the spouse that time for sure. Well, Brian, we, uh, we, just, we just did a webcast on connection after baby, and probably one of the the single 
stressful times in a marriage is when the relationship goes from the two of you to three of you. Mm-hmm. When you add that baby into the marriage, it's um, it's a whole new dynamic. And couples really have to be intentional to keep that connection alive by maintaining date night, uh, giving each other the night off, and continuing to connect just as they, as they did before kids. Right. Otherwise, it sets a trajectory of, and I've seen this just countless times where baby becomes number one, and then baby's 18, and baby's still number one. Right. And the baby leaves the house, and after 18 years of disconnection, both the couples look at each other, the husband and wife, and they're just like, who are you? Right. They don't know each right. other, for sure. And it's the number the number two season for divorce is right after kids leave the house because the precedent was set that the baby takes the pre- its priority in the relationship. Right. And, and that, love is, that love is lost. It totally is. And you know what? That's why I go back to you're not raising happy children. You're raising responsible adults. And that gives yeah. us kind of like this end game. Like, hey, you're not going to be a kid forever. Like, you're going to be an adult. This is what I'm preparing you for. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's, that's great. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, they, the, the love is lost. The, they become strangers. Over time, they become strangers. And uh, the only thing they know to do is to run, flee. Yep. It's scary. It's scary. Um, I, I think it's so remarkable what you and Megan are doing. Um, one last question. I'm going to let you go. Okay. If you had the uh, secret, what I call the secret sauce, the secret sauce to raising good kids, and you had to share it with me, what would that secret sauce be? Wow. No pressure, huh? Right. <laughs> it's a question that I ask all my dads. The last question that I ask all my dads. and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure behind that, Brian. Like you got one shot here, okay? What's your secret sauce? <laughs> oh man, okay. Um, I think you know the number one thing that I want my kids to feel is safe and that they're listened to. Uh, the stories that I typically hear, so remember, I, I do two-day intensives with Kills in Crisis, right? Mm-hmm. Now, broken people typically break marriages, so I get the broken people, and I hear the stories. Rarely, if ever, do I ever, ever hear couples sitting in intensive going, yes, I totally felt heard and safe and secure in my childhood. But rather, the opposite is true. I was never listened to. I was never, there was nobody that ever like helped me open up. And mm-hmm. so they lived their lives kind of closed off and independent. The, the key to building that emotional intimacy and creating safe places for other people, for providing an opportunity for us to, to listen and to, to be empathetic is the power of asking good questions. 
when you ask a question of someone, it shows desire, it shows curiosity, it shows intent. It says, I want to hear what you have to say. The only problem is that, you know, Brian, we don't, we don't have, um, I feel like we don't, we don't know how to ask good questions anymore. Right. Because most of the time we spend our time on social media talking about ourselves and grandstanding and, and right. everyone's, you know, talking, but no one's listening. Right. So we've lost the art of asking good questions. Open-ended questions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I think what happened was we got caught in that trap, Megan and I, of just asking Kylie, even like, hey, how was school today? Fine. Right. Uh, okay. I got nothing to follow up with that one. <laughs> right? No, no, you're right, Casey. I, I hear it all the time. I, I actually hear it from other dads. They say that. They go, you know, I, I ask my kid how they're doing, how the day was at school. Oh, it was good. He's good. Okay. He's good. All right. What does good mean? Yeah. I'll define that, you know? Um, and, you know, it's it's scary that, honestly, social media plays a huge, a huge part of that. Because yeah. We've become so closed-minded um, and so consumed in what's going on electronically that we've lost the, the human connection. Well, again... We we typically ask that question from our kids. You know, we get these like, I don't know, or a yes or no. But again, if you're asking good questions or even being intentional with starting those conversations, you know, there's some great ways to follow up even with the I don't know. So like, could you tell me more about that? Or, you know, what what do you think happened? Or tell me more. What were you mm-hmm. thinking or feeling in that moment? Um, man, that's, that sounds rough. Like, how can I help? Like the follow-up question is, again, it's the pursuit. Like our job as parents is to pursue our kids. And if we just give up after the short, yes, no, I don't know question. I used to feel like we're missing out. It's, you know, it's not a aimless plug. It's actually a really proud plug. We wrote a book called 365 Connecting Questions for Families, specifically with the intent that we needed more questions to ask our kids. And we needed some way to make family meals a place of conversation, a time to open up. And I realize not everybody gets seven days a week family meals. But if we had time to sit down as a family, we made that a priority we wanted to make sure that families had a tool on how to get their kids to talk. Mm-hmm. And what's been really cool is that we've had a lot of school districts actually purchase our book to hand out to the classroom because, oh, that's cool. Because the teachers are now asking a question a day of getting their classroom even to open up mm. and ask, ask questions. So, that's interesting. Aren't you, um, I'm definitely going to look into that book. Um, I'll have to, uh, maybe my wife can even use it for her class. She, she teaches junior high, so that can be kind of a... Oh, yeah. Kind of cool. All right. So here's, here's a... I just have the book in front of me. Here's the, one of the questions. Have you ever been pressured by your friends to do something you're not comfortable with? What happened? 
Here's another one. What are some technology boundaries our family should have? And then some of them are just fun because we love, again, remember, I'm the fun dad. Uh, If you could only eat one food every day for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? (laughs) Right. I think my daughter said ribeye steak. I was like, that's my daughter. That's good. Oh, that sounds good, actually. That's my girl. Right there. <laughs> so, you're probably going to eat sweats after a while. So, <laughs> Well, that's cool. Um, yeah, that's uh, well, the you know Brian, right. Yeah. Brian, tell you what, what I can do is, um, so our family book, you can find it on our shore. I don't know if you can maybe drop a link or something like that, but I will. Um, why don't I create a coupon code? Um, We'll do data 25. Cool. Um, for 25% off on our family book. So if anybody, any of your listeners want to pick up a copy, they can at least um, check that out. Awesome. That would be awesome, Casey. I would appreciate you doing that. That would be great. Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. I really appreciate that. Well, let's do this. Let me, um, what do you guys, what's your guys' goals and plans for the new year for you guys and uh, Marriage Street 65? Are you sitting down? (laughs) Um, Well, one of the things we're super excited about is we're doing planning a couple's getaway in Cabo in October for 2020. Um, Yeah, you were saying something about it. I remember you mentioning that to me earlier. Yeah. um, We've already had that out for a week and we're we're halfway sold up. So that's exciting. Um, We've got so many... Incredible experiences prepared for that. We just signed a major book deal uh, for a book coming out in the fall. Uh, We are working on, um, you know, we're 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 doing our membership site. We've got a lot of things going on with our premarital course uh, at happilyeverafter.org. Our team is growing, and I think just even focusing on making sure that our company culture is is one that everyone feels safe, feels excited about being part of, passionate about what their work is. Just even that full-time job in of itself. Right. Right. Well, that's cool. So you got a busy, busy year planned. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what? where can people find you guys? Uh, well, you can visit marriage365.org. But of course, I think, I'd say our Instagram channel is probably one of our more exciting platforms that we get to engage with. And um, we love, we love the engagement we see with other couples, uh, spouses tagging other, their spouse, you know, on, um, on posts. It's, it's a lot of fun, honestly. Yeah. I, I do enjoy your guys' content. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, the listeners definitely have to go to, uh, to your Instagram feed and uh, that will link you into um on your Instagram page, actually, you have your link to your website as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Are we going to start the interview? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding with you. Uh, no, that's um, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I appreciate you uh, uh, taking the time to chat with me for a little while and yeah, I'm really excited about what you guys are doing. And, um, I'm, I definitely feel like I've, uh, I've made a new friend out there. Um, I didn't realize you guys were in California, but, um, that's good to know. So, well, I, Brian, listen, 
I don't think there's enough dads out there. There's not enough men out there um, are really standing in the gap, the gap between what is right and what culture is communicating. Um, I wish that there was, you know, we, we see a lot of the uh, women empowerment, and I know this is mm-hmm. not necessarily PC, doesn't matter to me, um, but to see a healthy male, like, leadership empowerment where men are understanding what it means to lead in a way that succeeds, in a way that they can champion their family, they can champion values that are worthwhile, that their kids respect, that their kids honor, um, and that their wife longs for. I can't tell you how many messages we get from women that are just waiting, begging for their men to stand up, to fight for their families, to defend their honor, um, to engage in their relationship. And I think when I, when I think of male empowerment, I, I, I don't think of a, a power dynamic. I think of someone who's actually, let's just be honest, just engaging with life that's been happening in front of them. Show me a man like that, and I, I will show you a man that's treasured, revered, and honored in the, the hearts of those that he knows. Um, and I'm just so thankful for you that's adding to that sense of resource. You know, like, um, it's like we need overwhelming force in our culture right. to get men to wake up, to right. put the video game remote down, to put the beer down, to, to put the, you know, fantasy league on their phone down and to right. pick their heads up and recognize how much power they have. They have Absolutely. as a man, they have as a father, and the influence as a husband. They're Absolutely. not taking advantage of it, and it it just I think that wakes me up in the middle of the night and puts me in cold sweat. So like, we've got to do something about this, otherwise our culture is sprinting off the edge of a cliff, and I mm-hmm. will not stand idly by and watch it happen. No, and I, I appreciate you saying that, Casey. And that's one of the things that I, I appreciate about what you and Megan are really trying to do. Um, you know, the things out there that are going on in society and in couples and in family lives and in family circle is it's hard to witness. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about being a dad. And, and you know, I, I named it Dad Up specifically for, you know, to man up. And yeah. dad up and be be the dad that you're supposed to be, um, because your kids are relying on you, right? Right. Yeah. So um, there's so much writing on it, and I, again, I wish if if there's any message I can speak out into the world, it's like, hey, guys, you you have no idea what's at stake. What is writing on the line? Right. For you to choose to capitulate and to give up that right for culture to raise your kids, for even mom to be the only one that disciplines and raises your kids, it's so much, so much they're giving up on. And there's so much opportunity, so much fun to be engaged with your kids, to have their, when they're listening to you, respecting you. I mean, that is the way it's supposed to be. 
feels so yeah. good. It takes a lot of work, yeah. but well, yeah, my favorite, a lot my of favorite quote from um, uh, Incredibles 2 is when Edna <laughs> says, do you remember this? Yeah. When she said, you know, parenting done correctly is a heroic act. When done correctly. Right. No, it, it's funny. I, I, I'm just glad you uh, referenced the cartoon, you know. It's just, it's just so cool to see. It, it's, yeah. it's through that, that involved, and it's, it's what's missing in society. And, and our kids are, our kids are they're precious, and we have that influence over them if you want to have that influence over them. Um, if you don't, then you get what you, you get what's coming. Yeah. It's sad. Well, Casey, I, uh, I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate Megan. I appreciate you guys' family and what you guys are doing. Um, and, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me for a few minutes. Yep. Um, but, uh, I wish you all the best and, um, I'm certainly going to stay in touch with you and I will drop a link for your guys' website and also for the book. Um, I appreciate the, uh, the discount code. That's awesome. Um, but, uh, I appreciate you and, uh, look forward to what you guys are going to do this next year for sure. Yeah. Okay. Brian, appreciate it. Thank you very much again, Casey. Have a great day, brother. Thank you again to Casey for talking with me on Data. Casey and his wife are doing amazing things for marriages today, and that plays a critical role in raising of children. I'm so happy Casey took the time to share his passion of being a husband and a father with me on Dad Up. Casey was kind enough to offer a discount code on their book, 365 Connecting Questions for Families. The discount code is DADUP25. Use this code, you'll get 25% off their book. I'll put a link in the details. Make sure you check out their website at marriage365.org or their Instagram page at marriage365. I will put links to their pages as well in the details of the show. Thank you as always for listening to the show. And as I said before, please subscribe. The show is continuing to grow very quickly, but it's important to share the show with other dads. There may be a dad out there that this show could really help. So make sure you share it. Each week, my schedule is filling up with guests. So please stay tuned for new episodes. Also, please make sure to rate the show and share the show with others. It would be awesome if you could do that for me. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions of guests or would like to be a guest yourself, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at Coach B Ward, or you can email me at daduptribe at gmail.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. This is Dad Up.